Welcome back to the Salty Community Podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you grow your personal relationship with both God and Jesus. We do this by emphasizing a foundation of scripture and give you tools and opportunities to experience them in a personal and unique way for you. The kingdom of God invites us into an interactive relationship with him. This podcast series explores all that it means to seek first his kingdom. We will be learning together how to develop a kingdom perspective and how to live it out right now. Join us for this 12-week series and watch the kingdom inside of you grow as you experience heaven on earth. Let's review a little bit. Um, We are in the how part of the kingdom. How do we live in the kingdom all the time? Um, So... We have covered the who, what, when, where, all that. But next week, our class is going to be pulling it all together. All the questions, all the who, what, when, where, how, all of it together and creating a big picture. Um, I'm hoping it will create a picture for you. It won't have 500 Bible verses, but it will create this big picture for you that with just next week's outline that you can explain to somebody everything the kingdom is all by yourself. Like you could say, this is what the kingdom is. And very succinctly, very simply with just a little bit of scripture reference behind you, be able to help somebody else understand what it means to live fully in the kingdom. Um, We will not be 100% fully recognizing ourselves in the kingdom until we see him face to face, right? Until we either get there or he comes for us or however that ends up working out for us. Um, We're not going to be 100%, but man, we can be so much more and we can always strive to be as much as we can. So the last three weeks, we have talked a whole lot about interaction with the spirit. And so last week, Then Colleen taught in the week before, but the two weeks that I taught, we were talking about action verbs versus being verbs. And the action verbs that we spent two weeks with me on um, were things that we did in relation to the, we're led by the spirit. We walk in the spirit. We live in the spirit, like all those things. So this week, I am super excited to talk about what the spirit does, the action verbs of the spirit. What does the spirit do in our lives? And the really cool thing is a lot. When we let him, the spirit does so much in our lives. Um, and the when we let him part is what we're going to talk about at the end. But I want to hit, and first of all, you need to know that the word spirit is used 270 times in the New Testament according to the NIV. It may be more if it's a different translation or less if But the point is, it is all over the place in the New Testament. Paul, I want to say in Romans and 1 Corinthians, it's used over 20 or 30 or 40 times. Like, it's just a ton. It's all over the place. Um, Do I want to say this? Just Okay, I want to just plant this idea first. We're going to talk about it in a minute. What are the, why are they talking about the Spirit so much? Like, why is it constant in the New Testament? And what would its counter be in the Old Testament? Because I promise you, the Spirit is not mentioned nearly as many times in the Old Testament as the New. Now, I do want you to know, as early as Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we hear about the Holy Spirit. So it's not like he wasn't around. 
He was there from the very beginning with God. However, the Old Testament, they lived by law. Okay, so in the New Testament, Paul spends much of his letter time explaining the difference in living by the Spirit, living by the flesh, and living by the law. So there are three different things that are at war with one another. You can't be all, any, you have to be one or the other, right? You can't live by the Spirit and live by the law at the same time. They do not produce the same things and they're completely opposed to one another. The same thing with the flesh and the spirit, completely opposed to one another. So when we live in the spirit, we are not living in the flesh and we are not living by the law. Okay. We are living by the spirit. So I want to tell you, I want to go through this list. And it's, like I said, it is not completely comprehensive. I'm going to be honest. It's the ones I liked a whole lot and they jumped off the page at me. So all you have to do is go to BibleGateway.com or find Bible Gateway app and type in spirit and then hit enter and it will list them all. And then you click over to the right and hit New Testament and it will give you a list of all the places the word spirit shows up in the Bible. So if you're like, well, her list doesn't have all I want, you can create your own list. So here we go. So Matthew chapter 10, verse 20, this is one of those favorites of mine. He tell, uh, Matthew tells us, and it also is re, Mark states it as well, that the Spirit will speak for us. And I want you to hear this, because um, this one, like I said, this is one of my favorites. Um, we're going to start at verse 19. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious. How are you to speak or what are you to say? For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. Verse 20, for it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Okay, this is a couple of things about this that are so important to hear. Um, it's not you who is speaking, but the spirit speaking through you. It will be given to you at that moment. Mm. There's not... <laughs> Um, the Spirit doesn't usually tell us two hours before, or it doesn't tell us two weeks before, or two months before, or even two days before, maybe not even two hours before. You will know what to say when the time comes. Um, I can't tell y'all how often God has to remind me of this verse in this order, because um, for sure, this often applies to any teaching. I know that God is just doing it. Like last week's class, I learned as much as I taught, as I taught, so I know so much of that was God. But when you get, when you, this verse was about persecution. When you get in a hard place, like what in the world, like you're going to go before the, you know, the kings, like with Paul, kings and emperors and all this, but they also are going to be going before the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sanhedrin, like leaders in the Jewish faith um, who knew more than they did. They knew more scripture than they did. These apostles that Jesus was talking to at the moment were fishermen and tax collectors and things. They were not Pharisees and scribes. They were not really, I mean, they knew their, their Old Testament. They knew the Torah, but they didn't know it like those guys did. But he said, hey, don't worry about it. When you get there, it'll be me speaking through you. It'll be the spirits giving you the words, not you. Okay. Um. Let's say Peter, let's go with him for an example, gets thrown in prison, which we do know happens in Acts. And maybe he's going, what am I going to say tomorrow? What am I going to say tomorrow? What am I going to say when they pull me up in front? 
he could have all night long rehearsed this thing. Okay, I think I'll say this and then I'll say this. And here's how I know this, because it's what I do. If I know I'm going into a difficult situation, if I know I'm fixing to talk to somebody that maybe we don't see eye to eye, um, somewhere that God has given me to speak to about something that I'm not really sure how they're going to respond, I play with it in my brain. I'm not as bad as I used to, but I play with it in my brain so much. And here's what he told me one night. He said, Deanna, I'm not going to play this game with you. When it's time, I'll give you what you need to say. And so I know now, doesn't mean I'm always great about it. It doesn't do me any good to rehearse ahead of time because he'll give me what I need then. And he told me one night, he goes, do you want me to give you what you need now? Or when it is actually, oh no, I want it when I really need it. Not when I'm just in here playing. So for me, that holds for teaching too. Once I write the class, unless he sends me back to it to look at something, I let it go because I know I would rather have his spirit all over me and talking through me now than when I'm just playing around with it in my head. Okay, so he will speak for us. Um, he teaches us all things. John 14, 26. So in John chapter 14, Jesus is telling the apostles, it's better for me to leave because then my spirit will come. Okay, first of all, there's no way they were going for that. Um, but he told them, he's going to teach you all things. And then in John 16, 13, he also tells them that he will guide you into all truth. So he will teach us all things and guide us into all truth. He'll show us what we need to know. When we're in his word, they didn't have scripture. They had their memories to click back on, their time with Jesus. But with us, he will guide us to what we need and he'll teach us all things. We just have to, anyway, I'm not going to tell you. We're not going to do that. He also gives us wisdom. Acts chapter 6, verse 10, he gives us wisdom. Um, James also talks about the importance of godly wisdom versus earthly wisdom. And guys, godly wisdom only comes from God. Okay, it comes from his spirit. Um, wisdom that we produce or wisdom, worldly wisdom, of course, looks very much very wise because wisdom that comes from God does not look anything like worldly wisdom because God's kingdom operates so differently. Um, but when we ask for wisdom, James tells us, James chapter one, that when we ask for it, we have to believe that we've received it um, and act on it, okay? Next, oh, I love this one so much. E, he sends us, Acts 8, 29, 13, 14, and so many more places in Acts, guys. I only grabbed two of them for you. In Matthew chapter 28, um, at the very end, Jesus is about to leave, and it's the very end when Jesus is talking to him, and he says to them, go into all the world, making disciples, teaching them everything I have taught you. Okay, so go. All he told them was go, right? God's word tells us to go. The Holy Spirit tells us where to go, okay? The Spirit directs us. He sends us. Um, and we're going to see it so many different places in um, J. So I'm going to just not mark that we're hitting J now. So he sends us out. And then in Acts chapter 16, 6, he restrains us. Like Paul wanted to go somewhere and the Holy Spirit was like, nope, not there. He tells us where to go. Um, he moves us. Um, Acts 8, 39, he moves us where he needs us. Again, when we let him. He moves us. 
Um, and then also in the same line as all of that is he directs us. He directs our steps. He puts us in paths so that we run into who he wants us to run into. We're, we're given an opportunity to be a witness when he wants us to. So the Holy Spirit moves us around. He may send us out. He may tell us not to go there. He may tell us to go a certain direction there. He just directs our steps. And you can't tell me you haven't been the recipient of this. If you've ever been in a space that you were like, whoa, and that God just used you and it wasn't something that you had premeditated, it just happened. That's the Holy Spirit moving you and directing you to be used by him. Okay, ah, he tells us things that are to come. Um, he will tell us, he told Paul um, that he was going to be persecuted. I mean, he told as early as when Paul was called, when his first got called um, in Acts chapter 8 and 9, um, he told him, he's going to be persecuted for my namesake. He told him things to come. That also totally goes right in there within Acts 20 verse 23. He warns us. He warns us of things that are coming. Um that is part of the Spirit's job. He also, I'm going to back up to G, he encourages us. Um, and just, and if you've never looked at it this way, he gives us courage. To encourage is to give someone courage. Um, he encourages us. Um, if you've ever been encouraged by someone else, I know that like Miss Inez has sent me emails that encourage me so much and they come at just the right time. Like I may be having one of those mornings where I think nothing I do has any value. And then I get an email from her and I'm like, okay. And I know in that moment, whether Miss Inez knew it or not, that God used her to encourage me. Mm -hmm. That is, I am because the Holy Spirit is alive and well, in her and is alive. I just see it as a spirit using us to encourage one another. He also, though, as we listen to him, can encourage us. Um, he gives, letter K, he gives us gifts. First Corinthians 14 and Romans chapter 14 are the places that I send people when they have questions about the gifts of the spirit. Um, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time right here, but the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. He then enables us to use those gifts and teaches us how to use those gifts and grows those gifts in us and gives us opportunity to use them. So everything about our gifting has the Holy Spirit all over it. It's the only way they work is through the Holy Spirit's power. So he gives us gifts and he gives gifts according to us and according to what he needs. So he gives us gifts. He also compels us. And I had to look this word up. But it's like this, um, I don't want to say motivation. It's not that. It's more forceful than that. He, he directs very strongly for us to go somewhere or do something. And by the word compel in and of itself, it's usually something we may not want to do in our own flesh. But he compels us. Um, he sets us free. He helps us in our weakness. Um, the best example I have of this, and I have examples all over the place, um, but I have two that pop into my head right away. When we went to Israel, um, I spent a whole lot of time praying, both different times that um, I would, because it was going to be a lot of walking. It was going to be a lot of walking, and not necessarily always on 
really good ground. Um, but do you know, I didn't deal with a whole lot of pain at all on those trips. Um, he helps us in our weakness. The other time I remember so clearly was recently, I had to have my very first ever MRI and the machine was acting up and it was a misery. Mm -hmm. And I finally said to the spirit, I was like, if you don't do this, if you don't get me through this, I'm pushing this panic button and I'm done. I'm not getting an MRI. And so I honestly just gave it to him and said, you have to be the strength here because I can't stay here anymore. In this position, I was getting a Anyway, and he did it. I just sat there and focused on him doing it and not me, and I made it through. Okay, P, he reveals things to us. He gives us revelation. He gives us revelation. Um, the book of Revelation isn't the only and ever revelation. He is forever revealing to us. The Spirit searches the deep things of God, and he reveals more and more of God to us. Um, so this little revelation part is a huge deal. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in the wrap-up. But him revealing God to us is really important. He also gives understanding. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.14, he helps us to understand Scripture. He helps us to understand people. He helps us to understand him just wherever understanding is needed. These are places that the Holy Spirit fills in for us. Now, I don't know about you, but as I look at this list, as small as it is in comparison to all that there can be, that's a lot of things that the Holy Spirit does for us. Now, I want to tell you, there are many times that we choose to not let him. We are not robots. I assure you, when Peter and Paul and John and all of the other people that had to go before um, leaders and speak, it is not as if the Holy Spirit takes over your voice box and starts speaking for you. That is not at all what happens. If we're going to experience everything the Spirit has for us, if we're going to give the Spirit room to do all the things that He mm. promises to do, we have to cooperate. And there are some ways that really matter. And the first thing is we have to be aware. First of all, we have to be aware of all the things He wants to do. We also have to be aware of what fights against that. So if the Spirit wants to speak through us, He absolutely can when we let Him. Let's say you're in a diff or I'm in a difficult situation and someone and I um, are not in agreement and I'm having to defend my faith, I'm having to defend my calling, whatever I'm having to defend in that moment, I can respond in my flesh. The first, I'm quick on my feet. Um, very quick on my feet in the flesh and I can respond in the flesh. Like if you've ever felt the flesh rise up in you, which you have, whether you realize that's what it was or not, it's that mad or that angry or somebody stepped on you kind of feeling and it rises up mad, like to defend itself. We have to choose to not give it a voice. Mm -hmm. If the Holy Spirit is going to speak through us, then we can't be speaking in the flesh. Does that make sense? 
if the spirit wants to speak through me, he's not going to talk over me. It's not like I'm going to sit here and and defend myself while he is yelling over me. That's not how it works. I have to choose. Am I going to respond in the flesh or am I going to let the spirit respond through me? Every time the spirit wants to do something in us, we have to be aware that there is opposition. Whether it's the flesh or whether it's the law, there is opposition. And we have to recognize those things. We have to recognize when we get in the way. So um, I want to give you just a couple of scriptures, and then I'm going to kind of talk through the rest of these. And these aren't on your notes. I'm sorry. God gave them to me last night after I went to bed, and I had already written the listening guide. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Um, lean not on your own understanding, uh, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So lean not on your own understanding. In other words, don't do it your way. Don't choose your way first. Choose the way of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you the secret that I have been working with after I read all these verses to you, or tell you these verses. 2 Corinthians 10.5. This one is huge for me. I wrote this verse, or piece of this verse, every single day for months. And it's take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Before a word comes out of your mouth or out of my mouth, it started out as a thought, okay? It starts out as a thought, um, hopefully. Um, out of that heart, the mouth speaks. So if you have a, if whatever's in our heart is gonna come out of our mouth, but it often begins with a thought. And so if we can take those thoughts captive and not speak them out, don't speak out the negative, don't speak out the lie, Choose to take the thought captive and pause. Okay, guys, that is my big secret. If you want to write across the top of your page, pause. That is my big secret for walking in the spirit is pause. God has had me create pause in my daily life, my habit. Someone's talking to me. If someone's opposing me, if something is happening, I have created, I don't just respond anymore, I pause. There is a pause to me, and in that pause, I'm going, Spirit, what do we got here? What are, we, what are you saying? What am I supposed to say? Direct this time. Pause is that moment where you say, okay, flesh, not today. I'm going to let the Spirit speak. And it, it's, I'm, please hear me, this, I have not mastered this in any way, form, or fashion, but I am getting better. And I was on my face today um, in the spirit, kind of chatting around about this whole pause thing. And when um, I've been stepped on, like when I have had opposition come straight at me and feel like I'm under attack, I do pretty good because it's so obvious, right? It's so obvious. I'm pretty good at the pause. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to let my flesh rise up. I'm going to pause. And I'm going to see what the Spirit has to say, and I'm going to let him speak. And sometimes the Spirit says, don't you say a word. So I just am silent. But when he asks me to speak, I'm going to say what he asked me to say. Um, 
But there are other times that he made aware of me, made me aware of this afternoon that I need to pay attention when this flesh of uh, selfishness rises up or whatever it is that rises up in us that we give voice to or that we give action to. Okay, um, my kids would say when my OCD rises up, when wanting everything a certain way, when that rises up, instead of just going with it, pausing and saying, okay, God, what do you want in this space? Before I go clean a bathroom with gritted teeth and mad because the kids didn't do it, okay, instead of that, hey, God, what do you want me to do in this space? We have to create pause to give the spirit space. He is not going to run over us. He is not going to force our will and... He is not going to take over unless we give him space to do so. We have to submit and be willing for his influence. And the way that works best is to pause and not just the first thing that comes, not, not respond in that. Okay, so Galatians 5.16 is one of your other verses that's not on your handout. Um and it says that we won't gratify the desires of our flesh. We won't just give our flesh what it wants. So telling ourselves no is the quickest and easiest way to build awareness of what the spirit does want. I'm so sorry, my son almost fell down the stairs and I about died laughing. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> sorry, in the middle of not gratifying the flesh, I would have been kind of tickled as he almost fell over down the stairs. Okay, right on the other side of this camera. Okay, so sorry, totally distraction. So we don't gratify the flesh. Every time you tell or I tell my spirit or my flesh no, the spirit inside of us has room to grow and the flesh inside of us dies. You know, I've been crucified with Christ. We die to ourselves. Those concepts, that's what it is. Every time you tell your flesh, not today flesh, let's see what the spirit wants to do. The spirit has room to grow and the flesh begins to die. Now, every time we tell the spirit, not today, and we let our flesh have its way, our flesh grows in strength and the spirit becomes quenched. Whatever you give voice to, whatever you allow is what grows. So um, God has me doing quite a bit of fasting. Um, I would like to go on record saying I have not done a very good job. And so one day he and I were talking about it and I'm like, this is so hard. And it did not used to be hard for me to fast. And he said, Deanna, it's hard because you've made it hard. And I was like, um, come again. He said, every single time you cheat and let yourself have something, you strengthen, you strengthen what you feed, literally. You strengthen it. You are strengthening your unbelief. And so it's easier to cheat and easier to cheat and easier to cheat. Every time that you're faithful to the fast I give you, you make it easier to be faithful. But you have started a habit of cheating, and so it's become the easy route. If you would be faithful to what I ask you to do, it would that would get easier. So whatever we feed, and I'm not talking about fasting, but whatever we give space to and power to, that grows and the other thing dies. So as we give the Spirit space in our life to do all these things that He wants to do for us, our flesh will die and the Spirit will grow in its life. Okay, so um, one more verse that's super important. 2 Corinthians 5.16. 
And I'm actually gonna turn there, and we have actually talked about this verse before. Um, it's a big deal. It is just a big deal. And part of the reason it's probably such a big deal for me is, I hate to say it's new, like it wasn't in my Bible before, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. All the verses around it were highlighted except it, and then I found it. Um, from now on, therefore, we regard no one. We regard no one. And that regard is like no. We don't know people. We don't, um, we're not acquainted with people. We don't um, think of them in such a way. According to the flesh, he's saying, don't treat people, don't um, base relationship according to the flesh. Base relationship according to the spirit. He goes on with that verse to say, we once thought of Christ according to this flesh, but we don't anymore. It's because we're new creations. That flesh should be dying and has been killed. We just keep giving it space. When we regard people according to the spirit, we will treat them very differently than when we're regarding them according to our flesh. Um, when we say, hey, spirit, how do you want me to respond to them? Or how do you want me to treat them? Or what do you want me to do about this? It's amazing what the spirit, when we let our perspective change and be a spirit perspective, it's very, very different than our flesh. And a perspective change is giving the spirit space to change the way we think. We have to set our minds um, on things of the spirit. We have to choose the way of the spirit over and over again. And in the beginning, um, it's like any new habit that you're trying to form. It You're going to mess up a lot. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to let the flesh out his way because we something, whatever. But that's okay. You just dust yourself off, ask for forgiveness, and move on because it's not like one mistake and you're out. That's not, it's not three strikes and you're out. That's not how this works. This is a growing and maturing situation that um, he's partnering with us in and he is cheering for us. He intercedes for us. It's one of the ones I didn't even put on here, but in Hebrews, it tells us the spirit intercedes for us um, in our weakness. So he wants us to be successful. He's cheering for us. He's giving us grace to make the right choices. We just have to make them. Okay, so some ways to strengthen these things in us. First of all is time in the word. Time in God's word. There's nothing that will replace time in God's word. Um, because if we're going to live in the spirit, we have to know how the spirit lives. How did he live in Jesus's life? How did he live in Peter's life? How did he live in Paul's life? We have to know what the spirit looks like in the lives of the people from scripture so that we start having his mind and his mindset, his attitude. Um, Philippians tells us our attitude should be that of Christ Jesus. For that to happen, we have to know what Christ's attitude looked like, right? So time in his word, there's no better way than that to help us become more aware of when the spirit wants our attention, more aware of how to respond in the spirit, um, and more aware of what our flesh looks like. Because here's the thing, our flesh can be kind of tricky. Um, but the flesh may often ask us to do something that's good, and God is saying, I want you to do something that's godly. Um, good can sometimes be the absolute enemy of the spirit because it will keep us from fruit, okay? 
We want to be led by the Spirit. Okay, and then time in the Spirit, time in the throne room, time with Jesus, time on our face, time practicing his presence, any of that kind of stuff that makes us acutely aware. I love that word acutely. I did not know what it used to mean. But in the nursing world, it means happening now. So being aware, happening now, that he is always with you. So being acutely aware, like always aware that he is within us, that he is right with us. Um, in our Psalms today, we were in Psalms 137 through 139 maybe, um, but it tells us that God's hand goes before us and behind us and that it's on us. So he's before us, behind us, and with us. And so when we start being cognizant, completely aware, and paying attention that he is acutely happening. He is happening right now all the time. Okay, and then the next one is time with community. We need to see the spirit alive and active in each other. We need to call it out and say, oh my word, I see Jesus in you. You know what I mean? When we can see the spirit in other people, it gives us hope for that spirit in us, okay? Okay, B, allow him space. We talked about this, that pause, putting a pause button in your life. Um, it has, there's so many places in scripture um, that talk about wait. Um, be still and know that I am God. There's a wait, or those who wait upon the Lord. Um, Wait and hope um, are very much tied together um, throughout the Old Testament, especially. But there's something to waiting um, that's powerful about building faith. There's a weight always involved with faith. Faith cannot be built without some weight involved. Some not weight like heaviness, but weight like hold your horses. So waiting, sitting and being willing to wait on how the spirit wants to handle something, how he wants to move is huge. When we take matters into our own hands, we are strengthening our flesh and quenching the spirit. We have to be willing to wait on God's timing, to wait and let him direct the next thing. When we run ahead, it is safe to say that we will go the wrong way. I was watching, oh, Frozen today, don't judge me. I was putting up Christmas decorations. It seemed like a good movie to watch where I didn't have to watch. I could just listen to the music. So I'm watching Frozen today. And um, Elsa, I think that's her name, is wanting to go after her sister. She's wanting to head to the mountains. She's never, she's just this little princess who's been cooped up in a castle forever. And so she has got Sven to, I think that's his name. What if it's not his name? It may be the reindeer's name. I don't know. She's got this guy to help her in the mountains. And she said, fine, I'll go without you. And she takes off. And so he grabs her by the shoulders and turns her completely around and goes, that's the way you need to go. And that's us without the spirit. Fine, I'm gonna do it myself. And we're gonna go the wrong way. We're gonna do it wrong. Because God's ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. We're never ever going to stumble across in our flesh and do it all right. We need the Spirit to direct us, to give us wisdom, to encourage us, to move us, to do all the things He does. But to get all of that, we have to give Him space in our lives. If we're just running full throttle without Him, we're going to miss Him. We're going to miss all the benefits of having Him. 
Okay, so the last one, we have to quiet our flesh. We have to tell us no. You have to take those moments on your knees. You have to take those moments on your face. You have to have the quiet time. You have to fast. You have to be out somewhere and want something and say, no, not today. Why? Because we've got to get in the habit of telling our flesh no and asking the spirit, what can we have? Maybe you have to tell yourself no so that the spirit can then tell you yes. Every promise is yes in Jesus. That's in Hebrews. I don't know exactly where. Can I do it off the top of my head? Probably not. But every promise is yes. Jesus tells us yes so many times. But we have to ask. And that usually means telling our flesh no so that he can tell us yes for something better. Um, you know what this looks like as a parent, as a grandparent. Um, sometimes we tell our kids no because there's a better yes. Um, no, you can't stay up all night because the better yes is a great day the next day at school and not falling asleep and being tired. No, you can't have all that junk right now because the better yes is a healthy body and teeth that aren't rotted. You know, like we know as parents, but sometimes we forget that God is our parent and that often he may tell us no because there is a better yes. And so we have to trust him with the no's until he's ready to tell us yes. Okay, so I want to wrap up tonight in Ephesians. Um, and I'm, we're actually going to turn there. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, this is, we're jumping into a prayer that Paul um, is writing to the, um, the church of Ephesus for them. But we're just going to jump in because it's a great prayer for us too. Um, Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start, I guess we'll go ahead and start at 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That's 16, 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Okay, some of these words should be jumping out at you. The spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Guys, the spirit gives us wisdom and revelation, Right? He's saying, I want you to receive this. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, enlightened to bring light, to render evident, okay? Um, and revelation, let's back up just a second. Give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation is a manifestation, something that you can see. If something is revealed to you, you can see it, okay? So, Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him having the eyes of your heart enlightened or opened that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, his immeasurable greatness. Okay, I want you to hit that called part, what he has called us to. Guys, that's your vocation. It says it can be translated vocation. Mm. You're calling the only way that we will fully walk in our calling, fully realize our calling, fully have the wisdom for our calling is if we spend time in the spirit realm. If we spend time with the spirit, if the eyes of our heart are open, if our spiritual ears are open so that we can interact in the spirit so that we can fully realize the revelation of our full calling, what God has called us to do. 
I cannot tell you how many people I run into that say, I just don't want to miss what God has for me. I just don't want to miss what God has for me. Let me tell you, if you are chasing after God, you are going to run flat into your calling. You're going to run into it. You don't have a choice. Because the greatest work that we will ever do will always involve chasing after him. Always. The greatest work we will ever do will always involve chasing after him. And then, because in that chase, we are so incredibly attractive to other people. So many people that you see and I see every day, their life has no purpose. Mm. Their life has no purpose. And without purpose, mm-hmm. you don't have hope. Mm-hmm. But when you're chasing something with everything you've got, that is attractive because there's people out there that are just getting up and going to bed, getting up and doing something and going to bed without purpose. When people see that you have purpose, that you have a call and you know it, that is attractive and they're going to want what you have. They're going to want it. I'm reading a book right now that Brady recommended. Um, It's this magical series. There's dragons and elves and dwarves (laughs) and all the things. But um, Aragon is the main character and he's this writer and he has a dragon and all these things. And He's, he's in training right now. And the trainer of this, this elf that's training him, ask him, you know, you have to know why you're doing this. Like, why are you doing this? And it can't just be for you. And so Aragon had to like have a moment with himself and think. And he looked at the old guy and he said to him, he said, I'm doing this for everyone who needs freedom. And he said, and if I don't do this, I have nothing to do. This is the purpose of my life. If I don't do my purpose, then I don't really have anything else to do. And guys, that is so true with the spirit. Mm -hmm. When we are chasing after him and when we're doing what he's called us to do, um, we have to know why we're doing it. We're doing it for us, but we're doing it for everyone that comes behind us that's following us. And if we weren't doing it, it takes all the purpose out of our life. It's 100% worth it. But the only way to fully realize what God has called you to is to interact with his spirit who is within us. And it takes, he is so willing. He is so ready. Um, he's just waiting for the next yes from you. He's waiting for you to give him the space to do all he wants to do, um, you'll never regret it. You will never regret it. it. But let me tell you this, it doesn't mean it's easy. When God has a call on your life and when God calls you to something, um, there's a reason that the Spirit directs us and encourages us and warns us so that when it gets hard, we don't go, oops, must have gone the wrong way. Surely this isn't God. It just got hard. Guys, mm-hmm. If we think, surely this isn't God, it just got hard, then what in the world with Peter and Paul and John and everybody else that it went bad for? Just because it gets hard doesn't mean it's not God. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's probably a safe assumption. We, as humans, will always choose the easy way out. We will mm-hmm. choose our comfort over our calling every time. But when we let the Spirit, the Spirit will choose our calling over our comfort every time. God is far more interested in the condition of our hearts than in the condition of our comfort zone, okay? All right, so next week, 
we will tie all of this together. We will tie it all together in such a way that hopefully you will have on one piece of paper how you can present the kingdom of God to people. Um, we are going to do listening for God now. And I'm going to pray, and then we are going to listen. And when this is over, I'm going to find out what is in my eye <laughs> besides my finger. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you um, for your spirit, Lord. I thank you that he, your spirit is alive and active in us. Um, Lord, I pray that right now that you will meet us in this listening time, that we will hear what you have to say. Lord, I pray that you will quiet our own voices and all the voices around us so that we can pay attention and hear what you have to say. Enemy, you have no place here. You may not speak. You are bound and you are gagged in the name of Jesus. You may not interfere with what God wants to do in this place. And Lord, I just am so thankful for what you're going to do and what you're going to say. Uh, we ask all this in your precious son's name. Amen. Amen. We have five tonight. Um, number one, an activity the Spirit often does for you. It doesn't have to be from our list on the front page, but what is an activity in your life that the Spirit often does for you? I think this is a little unbelievable. <laughs> okay. All right. An activity the Spirit often does for you. Calling teaches me through teaching bell. Teaches you through teaching bell. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I got bring scripture to mind. I was like, oh, I thought that was me being so smart. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was me but bringing scripture to mind um when i need it mm -hmm. uh hmm. amber savoy mm -hmm. guides and reminds me ah reminds you that's awesome Debbie guides me okay inez calms oh that's so good karina shows me how to love others oh that's good lisa bailey okay lisa bailey yes puts people in my path oh that's awesome for mm -hmm. sure and I, I, you know, this is just one. I think if we all sat with God for a while, he would tell us all these different activities that he does for us that just like mine, all this time I've been thinking that these scriptures that pop into my head uh, were my own making. Not that I made the scripture, but I thought I was just remembering. But it makes sense that this, because it's, he told his apostles that the spirit would remind them of everything he had taught them. So um, spirit reminding us is awesome. Okay, number two. An activity that the Spirit wants to do for you. An activity that the Spirit wants to do for you.
An activity the spirit wants to do for you. And not be led by my emotions. Oh, he wants to quiet your emotions. Mm -hmm. He told me, I want to be your resting place, your escape. Mm. So, I thought I was doing better, but apparently not still not there. I want to be your resting place, your escape. So, an activity the spirit wants to do for you. Okay, um, Karina, speak through me. Oh, good. Lori Cross wants me to pray more. Okay. Amber, I see a gate opening. Oh. All right, Amber, remember what we talked about on Thursday. You sit with him and let him tell you what that gate opening means. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's opening something for you. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty cool. Gates often, like in Psalms, symbolize worship. Oh, gates. Okay, did you hear Colleen? She said, gates often symbolize worship. Oh, Psalms. Look at Psalms 100. Mm-hmm. Write that down in your notes. Psalms 100. We come into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Mm-hmm. So, that gate. Yeah. So, see, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Debbie Shelton, speak to me more. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I thought that was okay. Okay. Um, number three. Something you can do to increase the spirit's activity in your life. Something you can do to increase the spirit's activity in your life. Something you can do to increase the spirit's activity in your life. Be consistent. Oh, that's good. Be consistent. Miss Debbie and I were just talking about consistency and the importance thereof. I got slow down. Mm. <laughs> so apparently my pauses are not long enough and not often enough but mm-hmm. slow down I was like my life is so scheduled like I have a very like strict schedule but he's like you have everything scheduled in your life but me oh yeah so I'm just not consistent in that spot okay consistent. Um, Inez reveal himself oh I love that uh, did he pause mm. Lori asked for it specifically Oh, oh, that makes sense. Guys, specific matters. Specific mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Amber, spend more time on my face. Ah. Crystal, be in the word. Oh, very good. Lisa, to be, sp- to be still and be aware of his presence. Yes. Karina, spend more time in the word. Hang on, freeze. So <laughs> the be still and be aware of his presence, guys, I cannot tell you how hand in hand they go. Oh, that's so true. When, especially when you're new to doing things in the spirit realm, it is almost impossible um, to be doing a thousand things in the flesh and still stay aware of what's happening in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're going to recognize his presence, typically, especially when we're new, we have to be still. Mm -hmm. Um, Psalms 5610, I think, is the be still and know that I am God. We have to be still. Mm -hmm. Um, He knows that when we're all over the place, um, that's where our thoughts are, all over the place. 
So being still is, is critical. So I think Inez's answer for, for two was for actually revealed. for number three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but her answer for three. No, for the three. other one was two. Two. This is three. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Allow him time and space. Time and space. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. We good? Mm -hmm. All right. Number four. Something you are already doing that allows the spirit to work in your life. Something you're already doing that allows the spirit to work in your life. Yep. I'm being obedient with the hard stuff. Oh, very good. Not so much on the, the little easy stuff. stuff. Yeah, it, that is so <laughs> common. We tend to be more obedient on the big stuff and think mm -hmm. the little stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. But the little stuff matters a whole mm -hmm. lot. Um, I got journal time and FaceTime. Mm -hmm. Something I'm already doing that really matters. Because I know that when I skip either or, it matters. Mm -hmm. Like it really affects my day. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, Amber, Seeking Him, mm. Lori, Joining the Salty Community. Oh, nice. Karina, Community with Believers. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, community with Believers, especially like-minded believers, is mm. so important because it encourages us when we see God at work in other people. Mm -hmm. um, just shows us all that He can do and is willing to do. Mm -hmm. um, Let me jump to five. Yeah. Okay. Number five. Um, this is a fun. This is my favorite way to end questions with God. A word that God uses to describe you. A word that God uses to describe you. Did you get? Did you do something weird? No, not weird. What'd you get? I got walking. <laughs> walking is better than not walking. <laughs> Definitely not running. That's funny. Okay. Um, I got. What'd you okay. get? I got. So when I was listening, um, the word God uses to describe you. Um, when I asked the Holy Spirit, He said joyful. But when I went into the throne room and asked the Father, mm -hmm. He said a conqueror. Mm -hmm. And then I was in the spirit realm and I asked. And um, got C-worthy, which is this long thing about me getting C-legs. C-E-E? -E? No, no, C. C-E-A. -E like C-worthy. Like I'm okay on the boat. Okay, Lisa, letting him work through me. Oh, that was four. Oh, four. Sorry. Yep. Inez for four, asking his guidance. Yes. For number five, Karina, faithful. 
Oh, very good. Amber got lovely. Aw. Yeah, she said I never would have said that. <laughs> I would have said that, though. Lori, her extrovert. Interesting. Inez, seeker. Oh, lovely. C-S-E-E-K-E-R. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. And yes, you are seeking. That's so cool. Okay, so I'm super excited about next week. We are going to put all this together um, and hopefully give you just something so concrete and such a tool that, that you will feel empowered when somebody asks you what in the world you've stumbled across um, in God. You know, because hopefully as we draw near to him, and as we're chasing him, like I was telling you before, it's so attractive. It's going to draw people to you, and you want to be able to point them to him. So I'm hoping to create next week, like what God has very much put on my heart, is putting this all together so that you have the confidence to say, this is what you're looking for. This is what I found. Yes. So, um, and you can help someone else seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Um, all right, so hopefully y'all have a great week. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. If it's a turkey day for you, enjoy your turkey. We're having Mexican food. Don't judge me. Um, anyway, um, have a great night. I'm going to pray us out. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much um, for, your, for your spirit, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Uh, Lord, I thank you that your plans are so good for us. Um, Lord, I just ask that you go with us this week. The rest of this week, Lord, we ask your blessing, your favor, and your protection. We love you so much. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.